0: Hey Startup Nation, I am so glad you came back to join us for another edition of the Startup Life you clearly are ready to get the tools you need to get ahead of the competition. Go ahead and give us a 5-star rating while you're here. Now, if you're looking for an ad-free experience, go ahead and sign up for our Patreon page, where you will get exclusive content and access to our digital products that we're beginning to launch. The link is there in the show notes. And if you want to ask questions directly to some of our guests, follow the Startup Life Podcast Club on Clubhouse, as some of our conversations will start to happen there. But back to the task at hand. Are you ready to level up? Of course you are. Get ready as the Startup Life podcast begins now. It's time to be about that life, the Startup Life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, this remote revolution was kind of creeping up on us before the pandemic right but then the pandemic kind of came through and it really pushed us in that direction but now we're seeing uh, through to some findings from upwork uh now we're starting to see like there is some 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 quite some positives uh to take away from uh this remote work and this remote work life that we've kind of been uh thrust to a lot which and we have a fantastic guest to kind of show us the ropes uh and also kind of talk about that a little bit. She is the founder, CEO, and president of El Cordy Global Strategies, Mary Elizabeth El Cordy. Mary, how are you? Good, ma'am.
1: I am good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today. I I look forward to this Lovely conversation. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I definitely appreciate you coming uh, on the Startup Life for sure. So before we kind of get into it, you know, we, we were, you know, at the top of the show, we were talking about, uh, you know, being remote and stuff like that, you know, and we were kind of forced that way due to the pandemic. And it's been a, a rocky 12 to 13 months for small business owners, for even for all of us personally, I guess I'm just curious from your vantage point, Mary, what's some lessons that you will take away as we start to kind of come out the other side of this pandemic
1: about just remote uh, about people's ability to handle the pandemic and work
0: well just like just you personally like what's some lessons that you learned before before we dive into like some personal lessons professional lessons that you've learned just in general
1: sure um for me personally i think i think this pandemic has shown a lot of what people are made of um you know for good or bad Right. Um, I think for me personally, you know, I, I got laid off like many people in this country. Uh, and you know, I was lucky enough that I started working on the side a couple years before. Um, you know, at, when I was doing it, I didn't realize that this would be our reality, right? I just right. It out of necessity, but I was very fortunate when I got laid off, um, not to be laid off, but that I had, you know, clients of my own and decided to create a company from it. Um, you know, not everyone had that luxury, of course, right? So there's right. a lot of transitions in people's life in every aspect, you know, from, I feel like a lot of people who have worked in certain industries where that have been vastly impacted by the pandemic, they, they're starting to have some questions about are the jobs that they cared about or were doing before the right job for them for financial stability. Right. Right. Uh, and then I think personally, a lot of relationships have been tested um mm,
0: For sure, <laughs> like you
1: know, I, I, a lot of relationships have been tested, and uh, you know, can we handle being around each other twenty four seven? But also, again, having all this free time for some people, especially those who got laid off, uh, you know, it really I think put a lot of things in life into perspective. And I think, in just in terms of work, it's really changed for business owners how they look at managing teams. How they look at normal costs that a company would normally expect to have, like office space, Mm -hmm. right, or travel expense, right, and really, you know, really uh, determine what works best. But then you also see a lot of people, you know, really boom business wise during this pandemic, for sure. Industries where you think that would be hurt, like for instance, PR is one you would expect to be hurt right like you would normally think oh people usually uh, add in marketing budgets are the first to get cut that was not necessarily the case mm, the difference was they just weren't <laughs> the, the difference was they just weren't able to spend the same amount that they were spending so maybe instead of making a hire you know for 80,000 a year they hire a pr firm right or instead of a PR firm that has $20,000 retainer a month, they look at hiring a freelancer or a niche PR, PR company on Upwork. So I think it's created a lot of opportunities and it's changed a lot of business models as well. I know that was very overall encompassing but it was a, a wide question
0: <laughs> for sure. No worries. And it looks like we got a, we got a, another guest here on the startup life for sure. So I definitely, I definitely appreciate all of that, uh, Mary, for sure. And you're absolutely right about, you know, PR work. I you know from the opposite end uh, of the PR work, here as a podcast. I know I got flooded and I mean, absolutely flooded uh, with people trying to do podcast tours with books and other things of that nature and, and stuff like that. And you talked about, you know, a little bit about people working from home and, you know, and uh, having a positive impact, which kind of leads us to our discussion today. Uh, Startup Nation, if you look in the show notes, a link there in the show notes, we have an article uh, uh, in there for you about some of the findings that Upwork has that, you know, that showed that the remote revolution is working. It really one of those things is productivity. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry.
1: It's that it really is.
0: Absolutely, one of those things. Startup Nation is that productivity is up. I think a lot of the time uh, before the pandemic, a lot of the people, uh, you know, who were like managers and supervisors, was a little. Uh, reluctant to do remote, but due to the standpoint that he thought that productivity would be low. But we're finding, quote, this article, 61 percent of those surveys say productivity had gone up 68 percent and agreed that they now work better remotely than they did a year ago. So, Mary, when you hear that statement, end quote, so when you hear that statement uh, from Fast Company, what comes to mind about that productivity increase? Why do you think that's happening?
1: I think for a couple of factors. Sure. Um, First of all, people don't really know how to separate their personal life and their work life as much as before. Mm. So for better, for worse, people are working more often. Um, And then also the distractions you have of going to work, you know, hanging out with your coworkers, which there is value to that for sure. It just doesn't really right now um and so everyone has a different way of working and like like when you're learning in school everyone has a different way of learning so now people are able to like adapt their home environment to what works best for them instead of having a company you know culture in person where you know, there's certain protocols or certain type of expectations. And now you kind of just get to mix those expectations of what your employer has with what works best for you in terms of how you work and managing your time. And I think working remote has it's, it's provided people a lot more flexibility and freedom to do what they want to do, which I think, you know, of course you have children and you have like for me like pets and you have some distractions but you're able to fit better your your personal life in with your work life mm. and by by doing that you're able to you know carve out times that really you can really focus and hone in on the work that you're doing.
0: For sure. For sure. Thank you uh, for sharing all of that. It's funny because that that was one of the things that a lot of managers and supervisors would say, you'll be distracted from home, but you're you're kind of flipping it on his head there. So I appreciate uh, that insight, Mary, for sure.
1: I, I mean, at first, don't get me wrong. It's difficult, right? Of course.
0: Like, of course. There's an adjustment period, right? So, I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, it's difficult not to show up to work in your pajamas, like roll over a <laughs> crawl on your lap and be like, let's go. Right. Or have for us women, the raccoon eyes in the morning and not give not caring whether we have them or not. Right. Right. But over time you start to create your own cadence and your own routine and your own space for work. Um and the more that you do that, the more productive you can be.
0: For sure. For sure. No, I definitely uh, understand that for sure. And Startup Nation, another point that came up uh, in the article from Fast Company is relocation, quote, an estimated 23 million people are planning to relocate. The survey found that more than half, 52 percent, 52.5 percent were looking to move to a more affordable place, end quote. So it, this is an interesting one for me, Mary, because. About a year ago, I was uh, covering 3686. Here in Tennessee, it's a big entrepreneurial uh, festival. And the Vanderbilt professor during that festival said, look, we anticipate that a lot more people are going to have like remote jobs, but they're going to actually think about uh living in rural areas as opposed to urban areas you know where there's more traffic is more density and stuff like that what's your, do you have any commentary now what do you think about that do you think that may come to place or maybe you know it is what it is what's your take
1: i mean i definitely think for instance i live in long island so i live close to manhattan right you know, devastated mm-hmm.
0: real estate
1: wise from the pandemic everyone wanted to leave right you know the con uh of the congestion and they're probably uh, a city like many other cities in, in in the country in the world that are going to take a long time for the for their real estate market to come back right. to the same extent that it was right mm-hmm. um i think also you know it, it's a benefit for both the employee and the employer for people to want to relocate right? right because now or have for as, a, as an employer it's great for a couple reasons once one reason, salaries, right? Mm-hmm. If people are already looking to relocate to more affordable places, they don't really need to worry about the cost of living for, like, New York, for right, instance, right, right? And it also allows employers to have a much more competitive talent pool to be going after. No longer do they need to, like, worry about getting mm-hmm. someone to re- relocate to D.C. or relocate to L.A. They can just, you know, have someone Zoom in and maybe occasionally pay for them to take a flight to New York instead of having you know, the, the office space, additional costs, etc. So there's, and better talent, number one, right. For the employee, it's really beneficial because a lot of these places, people who've always wanted to have a house or always wanted to be able to build something more than just a studio um, due to their job. Now have more opportunities to go to that place. They never thought about moving to, or wanted to move to, or go to the, the warmer side of the country, or maybe even just not even have a place to live and just travel. Right. right. And, you know, work remotely from wherever you are. So it creates a lot more flexibility that I think a lot of people that would have said no to certain opportunities, especially for some of those jobs where they're like in no name town, USA, and mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't drive would never consider taking a job somewhere where I could not walk somewhere, right? Right. Um, but and for those types of people, opportunities are coming up as well. For so sure. So I think I the think positive all around. Do I think people will miss going into an office? I think yes, but I think it's it's just the, the need for an actual gigantic office is not the same. And there are other ways of bringing employees together than just an office setting.
0: For sure. You know, it, it's funny uh, you, you mentioned that because uh, right before the pandemic, are you, are, are you familiar with the company REI? Like they do like outdoor equipment and yeah. you know, stuff like that. I think they had just rebranded or they had just built a new headquarters. Have you heard this story before?
1: No, but
0: that sounds unfortunate for them. Yeah, they had just bought, they had just built a new headquarters facility in the pandemic. And now I think they might have done it already, but now they're getting ready to sell it because they don't think they'll ever kind of go back to the old way of like being in a building. And stuff like that. Uh, but I want to go back to something you said, you know, about, you know, more freelancers and more uh, talent being able to work. Like maybe they live in Boise, Idaho, but they can have a job remotely in New York City. You know what I mean? It, it also seems like it's offering more. Uh, even though there's more talent out there, seems like there's more leverage on the, on the fact of, you know, on, uh, on the side of the freelancer or the employee, because now, like, you know, you can find skills all over the place, no matter where you live and you're not bound by, uh, location. Do you see any leverage from the freelancer employee side on your end? What do you think?
1: leverage in terms of what
0: i guess leverage in terms of like you know salary leverage in terms of like you know uh uh, being able to do the job things like that
1: so i think if you're just a regular person applying for a job Mm -hmm. not if you're a w-2 employee i don't think there is there is as much leverage gotcha Um, i think freelancer because you have reviews and like for instance like someone like me you know we're fortunate enough as a group to have a 98% rating. Right. You know, we're top five PR freelancers on Upwork, whatever the, the stats are. So we have a little bit more ability to make a price point, you know, due to looking at quantity and demand, right. Basic economics. Mm-hmm. But if you're just a normal, if you're just a normal, um, you know, employee, I don't think you have as much leverage. And I actually think, you know, people, okay. if I was, our person, I would still be looking at what's the cost of living for different areas of the country. Um, so I, I don't think it's as much leverage as I think you might think it be. Um, but I think the more that you're building your brand, the more you're worth. Gotcha. So it's, it's basic life, life rules.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I definitely uh understand that, you know. And, and one of the other things I wanted to ask you before we kind of transition to something else. Uh, is the fact that like, you know, we, we talked about, you know, REI and stuff like that, you know, but now as more and more companies think about, you know, doing things remotely and stuff like that, whether, uh, the employee doesn't have to come into the work and stuff like that. Now, you know, have these building costs and utility costs and stuff like that. Do you think in the entrepreneurial space, in the startup space, that we're going to start to see more and more of like multi-million dollar, even billion dollar companies that are completely, I mean, like absolutely completely buildingless? In your opinion, what's your take on that?
1: I think it's very possible. You okay. know, I mean a company where we have no offices. Right. Uh so you know, do I wanna have an office someday? Sure. Right. You know, do I do I see the value of it? Sure. Is it necessary? Absolutely not. For sure. Um I think you think as people are starting to see one another, you know, there's just so many options. Like when this first started, I thought we work would be an obsolete company, mm. right? because everyone can work from home. But I think for me personally, their new market are people like me, right, who has a growing company or has a company but doesn't need a huge office anymore. They just need a place to bring their clients to or let's say, you know, when when, when people are, are, are uh, traveling again or the borders start opening up, you know, I might have something in like London or I might have something somewhere else, right, right? just to, just for the convenience of it. But it's not necessary. And I think, I think that's going to be a huge um for for me as a company it allows me to hire more people
0: right 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 for sure
1: I think good for the economy in terms of individuals and people trying to and being able to hire people at a, at a better rate um i think it, it allows for that opportunity because you're not spending buku money as some would say uh on on uh retail uh, on a uh, real estate so I think that there are a lot of benefits, but also one of the things about a, a freelance society is like, you know, I hire globally.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, we have access to companies that we work with that I would have never have dreamed that we work with because of these platforms. So, you know, in that sense, being able to have the ability to, instead of spending money on real estate office, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I can travel to meet my clients at some point instead of with that same money. Right. So I can be able invested into things that help increase our capabilities. So when you look at it in terms of a cost benefit, you know, there are different ways of doing things. I know for like larger companies though, you know, of course, as everyone feels safer and et cetera, like we as a company, we're implementing a yearly retreat, gotcha. right? For the whole company. So everyone meets one another, right? right? But I feel like I know my employees better than I knew any of my employees that worked within an office. Mm. At- Right. Like, it, it, even as an employee, it, you know, because I talk to these people all the time, I'm in these people's living rooms, I see their families, I see their dogs, I see their boyfriends, <laughs> you know, we're looking at each other's faces, I can see the pimples on their face, the, the weird expressions when they're not in a good mood, right. you know, it, it's, it's a lot more personal than I think people realize,
0: for sure, um,
1: than even being in person.
0: Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that. But before we kind of get into that a little bit more, I want to do a quick reset. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Mary Elizabeth Elcorti, founder and CEO of Elcorti Global Strategies. And if you want to know what's going on with her, make sure we have her contact information there in the show notes for easy access to kind of follow her on LinkedIn and stuff like that. I want to ask you this, because in that same vein, you was talking about, you know, you know, your employees very well during this pandemic, right? And everything that's been going on, how do you kind of keep the, the culture intact? Right, you know, uh, from you know meeting people and, and knowing them and knowing them really well, you know. But when you have that adversity, like we've been dealing with for the past year, how do you keep that that great culture intact? Uh, what are some of the strategies you implemented over the past year?
1: So I think for number one is who you hire, and gotcha. I think it's true for any company, right? So I, for me, I'm a very friendly, outgoing person. You know, we all have our moments, but of course, going person. And so I I actually hire more so for personality and innate hustle than I do for skill set. Because, you know, as my dad, I come from a family with a five generation stone construction company. So I I feel like I've always was on the route to own my own company at one point. (laughs) Um, But he said like the number one reason that people hire or fire people is for personality because it's not a mix. It's not not so that they can't get the skill set. And so for me, we hire people that are really friendly. That are really, you know, there may not be all outgoing people, but they're nice, good, genuine people. And so when you have that as a baseline, it makes things a lot easier. On top of that, you know, we've implemented Slack and we have, like, you know, we have different channels for funny things that we're constantly sharing. You know, we we, uh, we do, like, uh, every third Friday of the month, we do, like, a lunch where we're just, like, we're not allowed to talk about work. We can either talk about we're doing that weekend or we're sharing funny videos and we're, you know, just maybe gossiping about celebrities, whatever the case is, like just something that implements just, just something fun. Right. And even, you know, something as, as simple as like a retreat that we're doing this year and like right. it gets such a good positive move. I was actually really nervous to bring up the idea of it because mm-hmm. I thought I was so COVID scared. I'm like, I gave them two options of like Disney world <laughs> or skiing. Right. And like, Oh yeah, Disney World. I'm like, really? I thought they were going to be so skeptical to that. Now everyone's so excited, right? Right. Because they have to look forward to and something to bond with. So I think, I think it's just finding those opportunities. Like, was it offered at first building a culture online? It definitely is, <laughs> but it gets with time just because you're not used to like doing intros or like when i'm sharing a funny video i can't see people so i don't know if they think it's funny at all or if i'm the only one laughing at right. Time, right right um but it gets it gets easier with time and i think taking that time to get to know your employees you know mm-hmm. um to about like when we interview people we're not just asking about their skills that we'll sometimes ask people like what's their favorite movie you know, what what are things like what was your first job or what are, what are you know, some of the what's a funny moment in your life that you you regretted, but you glad you did. Right. Something right. Along those lines, just to get in, insight on who they are and showing that you care. I mean, even for for us, like, you know, we do little things like like how do you celebrate a, a birthday remotely? Right. Mm-hmm. Like come with creative ideas. So we do like a, a pitch deck of people for their birthday and create like virtual cards, like PowerPoint presentations. You know, trying to figure out how to make people feel special from abroad uh, is is challenging. But I think every company has their own specific way of doing it. But right. you know, finding something that's your 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 ideal work culture would be key.
0: For sure, for sure. No, thank you for sharing that. And in in that answer, Startup Nation, I, I love. We've been having this this running thing, Mary, uh, talking to a lot of people on the show. Where the the best entrepreneurs, the best business leaders, they think about when it comes to adversity, they think about what's going on now, how to, you know, put out the fire now and stuff like that. But how you're going to uh, be perceived or how you're going to be or how you're going to come out on the opposite end, that duality uh, has been proven very successful for a lot of entrepreneurs. So when you talk about, you know, going to Disney and thinking about what's going to look like after the pandemic, I think that's super important. So I really appreciate you sharing that.
1: Yeah, I, I just think you know people have had such a rough year, right? Um, and just so many negative things. Like I know for myself, last year was hell personally. Mm-hmm. You know, just at, at the at even at the, you know, at the end of the of last year, you know, having my mother pass away. Oh, or I'm sorry to hear to, that. Yeah, or having to leave a, a scary situation in D.C. um, right. You know. Um, And going through that, you know, you, everyone needs something to look forward to. Of course. And even if it's something simple, right. Or even for like Valentine's Day, I sent all the ladies like these, uh, one year lasting roses, just something like to brighten their day. Right. Um, I think the more that people care about their employees, the more that they're happy to stay. Obviously you know, we we live in a world where no one stays 30 years in a company anymore. Right. Right. Um, but, you you know, you also realize that every industry you work in is really small as you move up the ladder. Gotcha. Right, So you always want to make sure that the people who have an experience in your company have the best possible experience while getting the work that they need to get done. So for us, like, we're also making a point to invest in coursework or education mm. that they need, right? Right. So like, putting, you know... And just say, like, I always ask people, so what do you want to learn? Where do you want to go? And, like, where, where do you want to be in this company in 18 months? Right? Where do right. you want to be in this in three years? I'm trying to see, like, it might not be possible, but what can we do to help you get there with what's reasonable? Right? For sure. And so I think anyone that is showing from the get-go that they care, um, the like, <laughs> I say, like, we argue so much as a team, not because we disagree, but <laughs> because of level of care. And
0: right. that's kind of. Well, let me ask you this quick, quick follow up here because you talked about that at the very end. Like when you do disagree, right? You know, you know, how, how does that, how does that, you know, how do you, how does that get resolved? Right? Because we've been hearing a lot of people, uh, talk about that. You talked about that on top of the show, like, you know, a lot of even personal, uh, uh, relationships have been strained due to this, but I imagine work relationships have as well, right? So when you have that disagreement with like a team member or something like that, what does that conversation sound like? What What is the, the Mary Elizabeth L. Cordy doctrine when it comes to having hard conversations, I guess?
1: Well, I think first of all, understanding how to deal with people is number one. So right. everyone is different and how they handle stress is different. And so, obviously, when someone's new coming on board, it's not going to be as easy to deal with stressful moments than it is, like, a month later even, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, under, I always put myself up, like, first of all, what's the root of the problem, right? So they might be coming at me for something that is just a knee-jerk reaction to a bigger problem. Right. And so it's pausing. I literally ask them, like, take a deep breath. It'll be fine, you know. Usta, as some of us- <laughs> like, I feel like sometimes I'm like a therapist to some people. Not that I technically am, but it's just like, you know, I know I, I used to be someone that would overreact very quickly, Got right? I'm, I'm like, the of, like the I need to fix this right now. Oh my God, did I just mess up? Got you. Um, so taking my experiences of having those moments and trying to, first of all, tone down the situation, tell everyone to calm down. And then to calmly or attempt calmly, let's address what are the actual problems that we have and then come up with solutions. I'm always very solution oriented. So like even let's say like a client, you know, a client, let's say we have a team member who's learning how to write client emails or like a team member who's trying to figure out, like can't figure out what to do on a situation. I always say like, you know, come, you know, share that you have a problem always, but like just attempt to what type of solution would you want to do, even if it's way off. Right. Just the idea that you're constantly trying to think of a positive way of how to move forward, because the more that you think of that, even if it's the wrong answer, per se, it helps get you in the mindset of not just being angry for angry sake, but it forces you to think about how can we move forward together? For sure. and The more people think like that, the better it is. I also think about Colin Powell, uh, Colin Powell's book mm-hmm. um, where he talks about the idea of sleeping on it. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I That's a big one professionally and personally and but sometimes in a pr world you don't have the luxury of the hours you sleep to think about things but sometimes it's just like stepping away from your computer grabbing a cup of coffee going for a walk for five minutes right, right. like clearing your heads because sometimes you're like i have team members who like care so much about certain clients that when things don't work out they get they get upset right because they're really invested right and i get how invested they are but i'm like hey maybe you should just go for a walk for a little bit you know Or why don't you take take an hour off or like do something for you turn like watch a watch a funny video or something like that like just just get back into your zone reset i also think as a company you know uh when you're managing people having people to have like set a buddy system some mm, sort of way okay a mentor system, yeah people who the company longer that you can just like like man it's been a rough day can you can i get your take on something or like, how would you handle this, or something like that? Just someone that you can turn to. Right. Um. Sometimes you're not going to want to always tell your boss, and it's probably been one of the hardest things for me to tr- to learn is that I'm the boss, right? So people don't feel as easy, even mm. though I encourage it to come with come to me if they have any problem, because you know they don't want to tell their boss they have a problem with it, right? Which is fine. It's understandable. They don't want that, but you know, it's just human nature when you have a boss you always you're not going to tell them everything so making sure that there is a buddy system in place where people do have someone to talk to and get advice from and then hopefully you know if it doesn't escalate it's resolved and if it does then hopefully they come to talk to me
0: for sure all right startup nation so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break we got to pay some bills once again my name is dominic lawson and you're listening to the startup life Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top-20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Nation, you're in good hands with my girl, C.T., So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcast. You can also get more information at keepoptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. For sure. No, I I appreciate that. And one thing you said that I I thought really resonated with me and Startup Nation and probably resonate with you as well. I know for me personally that you know as the day goes on my mental health drains as well right because i've been working all day and this that and the other and then sometimes a big decision uh just kind of comes up and i was like you know what i gotta sleep on this going back to your colin powell uh reference as well and, and so i i find i find that sometimes just taking a that five minute break or stepping away getting a coffee or just sleeping on it literally sleeping on it is so important and, and it really speaks to you know being introspective and checking your emotions. So I definitely appreciate that, Mary, for sure. That insight.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think that as you continue to deal with like clients and, and people. Um,
0: oh yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I work in a, and I work in a very big people oriented business and right. a lot of people who everything that they work on, they put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. So everything that happens is, is not, you know, it's not just business for them it's personal because they put so much time and effort into it and it's really coming from the point of understanding and being empathetic from where they're at
0: and right. the more that
1: you put yourself in their shoes even if they're wrong you know you can be you can be able to handle the you know the muddy waters a lot easier
0: For sure for sure no I, I appreciate All of that for sure. Once again, Startup Nation, we are talking to Mary Elizabeth Cordy, El Cordy, uh, the founder and CEO of El Cordy Global Strategies. And once again, if you want to know the knowings and goings, we have her contact information there in the show notes for easy access. I want to ask you this because, you know, we have a lot of people out there listening on the Startup Life and just you know, in the world who want to be influencers, they want to be thought leaders, right? You know, I see a lot of clubhouse rooms talking about, hey, come in here if you want to know what it takes to be a thought leader and stuff like that. I know this is the work that you do and you yourself have been uh, featured in Entrepreneur, Forbes, Thrive Global and more. I guess I'm I'm wanting to know what are some of those things to be mindful of or some things that you need to do if you want to be seen as that thought leader, to be seen as that go-to person uh, that you have an expertise in something. What's that uh, process in your mind?
1: Well, I think it's first identifying what you want to be known as. Sure. Right. Like when I see someone's Instagram or when someone comes to us for social media help, you know, I say to them, "What do you want people to think of you when they look at your page? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the key, like what are the words that you want to pop up?" So for me, it's like inspirational quotes, my dogs, right, uh, a millennial boss, mm-hmm. right fashion savvy you know the things that i would personally care about for my personal brand right so i think first identifying what they feel comfortable talking about what they want like what keywords they want associated with their brands and then started identifying for pr sake stories that really identify to to that brand that they're trying to talk about um and becoming an expertise in x market so for me it's like freelancing right so you know I, just because i like helping people get to where where i where where i am at and help them avoid the mistakes i used to make um and so for me it's pitching on topics that you know in the news when they talk about remote work or right, instance, right? for other people if they are in politics it's you know Biden's state state of the union or you know Kamala Harris getting ready to move into her vp residence right, right. there Maybe an events person or a political analyst so identifying moments to insert yourself into the news i think is key um also really uh honing in on what your story is and the key aspects of your story um i'm actually in an accelerator program right now okay so one of the that they asked us which i think is one of the best questions i've ever heard um so <laughs> i'm gonna give kudos to sima um, is that you know Write write a one page about the memoir you want someone to write about you a hundred years from now. Mm. Like what what do you want to be known for? Right, you know what aspects of your life do you want to have a, a a footprint on when long when you're long gone? And I think that kind of sets the stage of like where you're at now and where you want to go, and what you want to be known for, and kind of guiding your decisions of what you're doing thought leadership wise based on what you want that quote-unquote memoir
0: to be for sure for sure you know it, it's funny you you mentioned that i was actually going to ask you something like that a little later but since we're already yeah. uh, there now what, what do you hope people will write about you a uh, hundred years from now in a memoir what's that what, you know mary l mary elizabeth accordy was a person who blank
1: um well i think you know for me personally there's a few different things sure so One that's helped startups okay um, people have a vision, an idea, and turning it into a profitable business. Um, but you know, for those that, for those companies or people that someone didn't take a chance on, or maybe had a hard knock or something like that, um, I do that even with my, my hiring philosophy. Like we take a we take chances on people that normally people wouldn't exactly hire per se, but we we see something in them mm-hmm. um, that makes them actually probably better than some of the PR professionals, like quote unquote PR professionals that worked in my life. Right. Uh, and then, you know, for me, I personally been through some interesting situations personally, and I would like to help women who've been in, um, fearful or isolated situations with, uh, with other individuals and helping them have a resource, mm-hmm. um, to create a creative program around or, you know, write a book. Um not to write a book for a book's sake, but more so just like informative and helping people feel empowered um to be their truest self. And then, you know, someone that's really made an impact on on the industry that I'm in, right? You know, right. we you know, the, the benefits of creating a company with the name that I have is it can go anywhere, really. But we want to create a company that's really inclusive of all types of people. What I mean by that is all, all levels of, of, of clientele. Those who could, you know, pay the big few dollars, but those who, you know, you never forget where you come from. So sure. still having a part of your company that's always accessible to those who are just starting out. For me. And so, you know, uh, to create some of these opportunities, I'm hoping to do, you know, I'm going to be going to business school this summer on the side because I don't do enough. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> right. Try to, try to create that. Um, and just someone who's just very kind, you know. I hear that. I, I like to think of that.
0: I hear that. I hear that. Thank, thank you uh, for sharing that. I want to ask you uh, this really quickly because. You know, I know, you know, within your line of work that you you work with a lot of thought and, influ- you know, thought leaders, influencers and stuff like that on your Instagram. Uh, it says that, you know, you're the producer and sidekick of a certain uh, kings of company. I mean, kings of com- yeah. uh, kings of comedy. Uh, sorry. Yeah. And stuff like that. I, I guess I'm just curious from you know, uh, you know him or anybody else. What are some things that you kind of learn just kind of being close to them and, and seeing how they work and seeing how they move? What are some things that you've learned from them?
1: So I've, I've been working with a lot of what people put as quote unquote influential people um, from from out the get go, whether it's political or, you know, uh, radio or podcast wise. And, you know, when you start working with them, I think first and foremost, remembering that they're people, I think they that they were in your shoes at one point in time. Right. And want to expect a lot. They expect a lot because they probably have had to do that to get to where they are today. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I I used to for Aldo Rivera and I remember being at his house in New Jersey and looking at, you know, he had the skyline of New York city in front of him. He had like four or five houses that he had as a, as a, a unit. Right. Um, And I'm like, wow, to think a guy who had ketchup and water and told me that was his form of tomato soup growing uh, in college to Mm -hmm. now having all of this is, is quite the story. Of course. Right that if you just work hard enough and you hustle enough, you know, you, you can make things happen. And the same is true with DL Hugley. You know, he put in many years just doing stand-up, you know, just grinding away. He right. had no, had no college degree. Hence why his GED section is so popular. Exactly. He's very relatable for a lot of people that love him. And so I, I think that they, you know, these two entities really break the notion that first of all, you need to have a, you need to be born with a network, Mm. right? People ask me all the time. Like I remember someone asked me, so did you have someone in your family help you get your start? Or did you have whatever? I'm like, no, I just did 10 internships when I started. And did I know these places. No, I just, I applied myself and, you know, hope for the best. And, and I think doing that plus saying yes to things like the DL Hughley podcast, I had no idea who I would be working for when someone asked me, Hey, do you mind Advising a podcast I'm producing, right? And I'm like, sure. He's like, well, I was actually thinking that you would produce it. I'm like, okay, even better. Like, I and I, I didn't even push to ask who it was for, right? Oh, for like two months until I went to like uh New Jersey to meet him for the first time. He's like, oh, yeah, it's DL Hugely. I'm like, what,
0: <laughs> right?
1: I'm, I'm like, okay. yeah.
0: way to bear the cool. lead, huh?
1: I'm like, okay, that's cool, <laughs> right? And I remember meeting him, and he's like, it's such a pleasure to meet you, and I'm like, me. It's nice to meet you. Like, let, right. let's be real. But I think, you know, being willing to take opportunities. And uh, I gave a TED talk a few years ago and I asked people to come up with their philosophical goal, not like a job title, because oftentimes when people think of their goals, they think of like a specific job title in this specific place. Right. Right. But by doing that, you eliminate so many opportunities and you create tunnel vision. So, you know, I'm 30. I've had three distinct different careers just because I, you know, my goal is to to help people and what I know best, which is, you know, communicating content and stuff like that. But there's so many different avenues of getting there. Right. Um, It's definitely created more opportunities I would have had than if I said I just want to be a VP, you know, at... uh, PR firm in this city, you know, um, and so I think, or you know, like at, at five years ago for me, it would be like an anchor of a show, right? Right, but because I just say yes to different things or find different opportunities, I think the more that you're open minded to where that philosophical goal could take you, I think you'll be more successful for sure. And if you just say, like, hey, I want to be president of the United States, I Absolutely. mean, that would be cool. Too. I wouldn't say no,
0: of course, of course, no. I, I- <laughs> Of course, no, there, there's a lot there, startup mission. And Mary, thank you so much for all of that. One, you know, uh, be daring and bold, but also be open, right? You know, not be, have that tunnel vision, uh, as well. And also when you talked about, you know, uh you didn't know who that, you know, uh producer for that podcast or who it was for and stuff like that, but you saw the opportunity uh to not only opportunity for yourself, but also opportunity to serve. And it just so happened uh to work out in a in a particular, you know, manner. And so I, I think we need to hear more stories of that. I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, unless it's for X amount of dollars or unless it's for this, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? And so I appreciate that. As well. Uh, But also, something you said earlier, I appreciate, and I hope Startup Nation picked up on this as well is when you talked about, like, you know, just doing the work. You know, I I think a lot of times, you know, in this entrepreneurial space and this entrepreneurial journey, I think a lot of people think it's like luck or it's like it's been handed to you or something like that. And nine (laughs) times out of 10, there's just a lot of damn work that just came uh behind it. You know what I mean? So I appreciate all of those nuggets you just have, dropped, Mary.
1: Yeah, I was actually telling someone last night they're going to to go into freelancing as well. And, you know, people see the thing I've built or they see the company and they see all these people that work with me, all these clients, and you know, it's it's not easy, you know. Right. At the end I'm still applying for, for projects all the time. Sure. Do we get incoming? Yes. But it's, it's, you know, we're at a place where we're trying to find the right client. Of course. Just, right. So um, it's, it's, it's always, you're always going after it. You're always trying it. It never stops. You for know, sure. um, it seems easy, but it definitely isn't. Um, and the only way to continue moving forward, you know, I someone asked me what's the shortcut. I said the only shortcut is quality hours and quality work. There it is. That's the shortcut you know if because people i i've known people who've always wanted a quick buck or wanted to the quick deal or just be the person brokering the deal there's no guarantees for any of this stuff unless you know you just have a much higher percentage if you're working really hard and you put in, and you're you're a decent person and you're easy to work with the more of those factors the better i mean one of one of my best friends now and he considers himself my uncle you know, was like Biden's right hand man when he was in the office with Obama and he worked for war. I met him because of a remote work client I have. Now he is you know, now he's like, you know, I've gotten him everywhere under the sun and now he's starting his own T V show and he's a contributor and all this different stuff. Right. But because I said yes to a certain client that normally I don't think I'm an expert in, I've met this really cool person who's opened a lot of doors. So I think, again, just being willing to say yes to things or um, new opportunities, why not?
0: For sure. For sure. No, I definitely understand that. And that definitely uh, resonates with me. You know, once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Mary Elizabeth uh, Elcorti, the founder and CEO of El- Elcorti Global Strategies. And once again, if you want to follow her, we've got her LinkedIn and her Instagram there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. And I just want to ask one last question and just say, thank you so much for coming on the show. And you've given so much, uh, amazing value. Uh, I sorry. just, I'm
1: sorry. So Sorry if I put so much information, So, so much uh, different verticals of what I'm talking about into each
0: answer. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the the thing is, is that we kind of do this on the startup life, right? You know, we, we get that tangible advice that we're looking for, but we also, you know, we go in a different direction. So, no, we just like having conversations with people. Uh, so, no, I definitely appreciate all of this, Mary, uh, for sure. But I, I just want to ask you this, you know, with, you know, uh, just kind of give the microphone over to you with everything going on you know, we're coming out of this pandemic and stuff like that, you know, or just entrepreneurs in, in general, just trying to, you know, figure it out. Just give, could you just give us some words of encouragement to take us out for the day, if you don't mind?
1: Sure. So I think it's just really, you know, uh, if you're someone who's always wanted to become an entrepreneur, but hasn't figured out the way anyone can do it. I mean, I never thought I would be owning a company at 30. I never thought I would be freelancing on the side and making more as a side hustle than my my main hustle at the time i i see all these people who have all Mm -hmm. this doubt of where they're at right personally like they're not making enough money in their opinion they're stuck in a job they don't like you know their home might not be what they're hoping for it to be and they're just so they're so set in talking about what's going wrong and and like you know possible ideas of what they could do to resolve it well, they're not doing it, right? right. They're not the leap. And so, what I would encourage people is: let's say you're in a situation where you know of the first two options, you, you're not making enough money, you're not happy where you're at in, in your job. Just start first of all first of all identifying what skill sets you have. Hmm. What are the skills that you have, or what are things that you've always been wanting to do, but you never had the opportunity to, right? And in each of those uh, scenarios invest in yourself right so maybe if you already have skill sets identifying what those tangible skills are that you can you know possibly sell right because right. the first step to being an entrepreneur is really identifying what you want to do what you think that there is you know what how you feel you can tri- you can contribute and second of all if you have an idea of a product how can you or a service how does that fill a different niche in the market. And then from there, learning how to sell it and promoting yourself and not being afraid to promote yourself. I know it's weird. I find it weird when I talk about myself all day, every day to new clients. Right. But Mm -hmm. if you don't talk about yourself and what you've done and the accomplishments you have, no one will know. Right. And those people at the end of the day is the personality is the person. And so the more that you talk to people on the phone or via zoom, instead of just texting all day, the more work you'll have. So I guess identifying your skill set, learning how to promote yourself. If you haven't done a side hustle, do that first. I believe in realistic, you know, goal setting. I'm not telling you to give up your day job. If you have one, (laughs) right. right? Obviously keep, keep putting food on the table, but with that same mentality, start, you know, I, I've always worked more than one job. You know, I've, I've never just had one job because I always wanted something more, or I always wanted to keep learning. Right. And those Best are always learning. I actually saw someone talk about the five hour mentality mm. uh mindset where you know one hour a day from Monday through Friday, you're dedicating towards learning something new. Right? Right. It's not a lift, but it's enough of a lift lift that you're learning something new to help you to get to wherever you're you're hoping to do and to do goal setting that is more realistic and time and timeline. So, like when someone you know talks to me about they're not happy about where their life is, I'm like, where do you want to be 12 months from now? Mm. Like, what, what is a realistic goal? I mean, obviously people want to make all the monies in the world, right? right? But like, what's realistic enough that you think if you worked hard enough and you hustled enough, you could get to next year, right? That. How can we help you get there? I right. And I think that that is much more realistic in sense than saying, like, I want to be Steve Jobs.
0: <laughs> right. Of course.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> I want to be the Amazon CEO or I... I want to create, you know, a multi million dollar company by January of next year. You know, while these things could happen and they're great and you should still have them, what are things that you can actually take steps towards each month to getting to? And then you could start creating larger goals. But like when I used to have an eating disorder when I was younger, mm-hmm. I used to be very I had bulimia for about ten years. Right. Right. It was very Um, And I think, you know, it's overwhelming when people tell you you need to stop doing something or when someone tells you to go on a diet. No one wants to, first of all, do anything that has the word die in it because it sounds morbid. But on top of that, it's about accomplishments on a daily basis. Right. Mm -hmm. For anyone that's going through any sort of thing where you need to learn how to wean yourself off it. It's about celebrating those daily goals. Right. Like I made it through today. Awesome. I'm not overwhelming myself telling me I need to stop doing this for the rest of my life. I'm talking about accomplishing today and seeing what happens tomorrow. And you know what? Today didn't go that well, but I know I always have tomorrow to do better. Right. Right? And I think that same mindset and mentality still fits with entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Because there will be setbacks that you have. I mean, I had a ton of setbacks last year. I'm stunned that we made through and that we made it through with a larger team. Right. And a, a stronger team because of it.
0: It's funny how that works when you work hard, huh?
1: It's funny how that works, <laughs> and, but it's, it's true. So I think right, the more that you have the goals, you know, you're, you're aware that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. It's just getting yourself back on the horse. Sometimes like, you know, when people go to the gym and then they're down on themselves because they stopped going, it was like, well, I'm going to go again. You know, right. like I, I've already defeated my effort. You can always start again. That's fine. Of course. Just gotta do it. Right. So I, I guess as Nike says,
0: just do it, just do it. No, I definitely understand that for sure. No, I appreciate all of that, Mary, uh, for sure. You know, uh, you know, you dropped a lot of nuggets in startup nation. I really hope, uh, you consume all of those and that's going to wrap up this session of the stop life. We want to once again, thank Mary Elizabeth, accordy founder and CEO of El Cordy global strategies. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, to start up. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on a show, send us a message. Our contact information is there in the show notes, or feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Go ahead and follow us while you're at it. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and be sure to hit us with that five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. Be sure to check out the show's website and its startup blog, where either I or some of the world's best business minds share content that will give you the edge you need in your journey, whether that's the path of entrepreneurship or climbing the corporate ladder subscribe to our patreon to listen to ad free episodes exclusive content and digital products that we are beginning to offer and if you want to be part of the conversation join the startup life podcast on clubhouse to have the ability to talk directly to some of our guests and as always startup nation if you have an idea be about that life the startup life